Welcome to After Pulse, the extra podcast from the host of the Community Pulse. Let's hear what your hosts are talking about in this episode. Y'all, what a delightful episode that was. Very titillating. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, it, it was definitely it was definitely an interesting space to be in. Um, I I was actually surprised at how clearly thought out a lot of things that Henry had to say were um, in the in the general space. Like it seems like. I, I always, you know, because you kind of have this corporate assumption that like the law always falls on the side of the big business. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed to me that he said, like, you know, definitely protect yourself. But at the same time, keep in mind that your creations are a lot of times your creations. And you you just simply need to make like I feel like the overarching argument was make sure expectations are set. Make sure you have your ducks in a row because. How many of us get to talk to lawyers, though, that are neutral in the situation of our, you know, the work that we're doing for our companies? Most of the lawyers that we have access to and exposure to are indeed the folks who are, you know, big business. So I wonder if this is like some it's got me thinking at least about, you know, should I engage with some sort of a neutral third party law expert type thing? And and this is an interesting thing that we didn't bring up, but it doesn't have to be a lawyer. There are other people in the law profession. There are other legal professionals you can reach out to. Mm. Uh, so to be like, because a lot of people say lawyer, oh my God, that's a lot of money. Yeah, there's uh, ghosts, right? There's paralawyers or what do they call them? Paralegals. Paralegals. Yeah, paralegals. That's that's not actually ghosts, Wesley, but I, I like the way you think. <laughs> ghosts? Oh, I see. I appreciate your open-mindedness. Got it. Can, can I make a joke that's like extremely showing my age? Yes. I want to yeah. hire unfrozen caveman lawyer. <laughs> I'm just a simple caveman. <laughs> that was my understand your one of my favorite bits <laughs> on SNL ever. Anyway. Yeah. So let's, yeah uh, so. let's let let's real back up real quick here. For <laughs> anybody who did not listen to the episode, uh, the Community Pulse episode of your content, their brand, we had a couple of really good guests. Um I'm looking the names up, Amara Graham and Henry Teagarden. And so now we're talking about that episode here on the next After Pulse. I got to sit from behind the screen uh, and not really jump into the conversation too much. So uh, I definitely wanted to chime in here with just a few key takeaways that I found. Uh, I, thought, I thought were interesting. One, I think not a lot of big surprises. I, I, we've definitely talked about this as a as a Community Pulse team, uh, as we were talking about this episode and what things we can talk about, should talk about, uh, what's you know, it, it gets a little scary. I think as where mm-hmm. is where we were going with where you're going with that SJ and PJ talking to lawyers, and um, but I think for me, Henry kind of reinforced a little bit of you know nobody owns your own destiny besides you, and you got to kind of watch out for yourself. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that, I think, is just paying attention. You know, like you go to a conference as a speaker, as a thought leader, there's likely some something you've signed. And probably we don't always give it, you know, a good thorough read. But a lot of things is is pretty clear cut on who owns what. And you can design for yourself just as Amara, I think, is pointing out that, um, you know, you I don't want to be associated with this brand or that that is my content or this isn't my content, but you're in, you're in control as much as you, you know, want to be. Um, and I definitely have experienced that too, putting together 
trying to do books and projects on the side, but at the same time figuring out, you know, when am I going to do this and which device am I going to do this on? Because I can't do it on the company device. Otherwise it's going to be their property. And so there's just a lot of like calisthenics that have to be thought through before you even put, you know, an idea down. And uh, well, we, we've even talked in the past, Jason, about this very podcast, the fact that you spend time outside of work doing it, you ensure that, um, you're using your own machine and, and, and that's important mm-hmm. because you just want to make sure that there's a clear cut definition between the two things. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to get pulled into a conversation that I, you know, just didn't need to happen about, Hey, this content was, looks like it was created on company time on company property. Uh, you know, I, I, it's too, it's too easy for me to just work on my own device, work on the time part. I think Wesley, you brought it up real well in the, in the community pulse episode, we work, you know, we don't do it as much because we don't travel as, as much now, but we work in time zones all around the world. We work all the time. And so there's, it's not even blurred lines between private and personal time and in, in life. Um, it's all just one big thing. And especially on my team, I work on a global team. So like I'm literally talking with teammates work, you know, through comp- company devices all at all times of the day. And it, it, it just, it, it gets real squishy to understand when is this my time? You know, like I had a shower thought earlier, but it's definitely a, a work related thing. Uh, you know, and probably later on I'll be sitting on the couch <laughs> and I'll come up with a work related thing it is where does it end? You know, oh, I think it's hard, hard to figure <laughs> out, but I think if you're intentional about it, it, it can be a little safer journey. The word that I liked that came up so many times was conversations, like having those conversations, because indeed we aren't well programmed as human beings to effectively go through 650 pages of legal documentation and pick up what's most important. And so hopefully, you know, there is access to, you know, things like legal office hours, um, you know, access to the folks who can help navigate you through all the stuff that you're signing your life away on. Um, so I think like there's just, there needs to be more of a general conversation about having conversations, if you will, um, and to encourage folks, you know, to navigate this stuff more effectively. And like Amara mentioned, like, you know, as she's getting older and more mature, she's sort of naturally learning to do this. But I wonder if there's a way that we can start to encourage folks earlier in their careers to be mindful of these things. I also think what uh, Henry said about if it's not explicit, if it's not clear, if it's ambiguous to who owns what, then that's a big fault of the employer and not being clear and and communicating mm-hmm. that, like not being proactive. So uh, some of this, like she was saying, like she understands, asks the questions, starts the conversation, asks for that clarity. But it it is on the it should be the burden of the employer or the conference or anyone else. So you don't get to the point of like who owns this or who is responsible for this or what can they do with it. They really should be proactively communicating that. Something something else about not to jump jump into your heart here, but something else in my point or mentioned that I thought was interesting. She's gone through the to great lengths of like to, to reach out to people or or events and say, you've got photos you've used of me. I'm not that like that. I don't want that situation anymore. Um, I feel like that's a personal decision. I think as we mature and, and we like we just sort of change who we are and how like public facing we want to be or be associated with a certain brand. But I think early in a career, and definitely for me, like I'm like, put my face anywhere you want. Like I just want 
I want the awareness that I'm bringing. And it didn't bother me as much. If you were abusing something I've already said or done, I felt like all attention is good attention. Um, and that was just part of my role is to be out there in front of you. And if somebody else is doing it for me, it seems like that's not that bad. So, but my, my, my definitely, um, opinion on that has changed over the years. Yeah. And Amara actually brought up a really good point about, you know, that can vary, that experience can vary depending on like how you experience the tech world, right? As a woman in tech, it's not always ideal to have your pictures being distributed all over the place. Um, for God knows who um, to perceive you. <laughs> yeah. um, right. that, that, that's a whole other issue. That's a whole other. That's issue. a whole other issue. Whole other episode. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But I, I also I, I like what Amara like in the very beginning mentioned, and Henry very much supported. Um, and it goes back to the idea of what SJ you were saying about conversations, and that was, and I know that this is like this. These words almost never come out, come out of my mouth, but the idea of permission versus forgiveness. Um, in the, I think in the legal context, which is what we're really talking about in the legal context text, forgiveness is not going to be a likely to happen thing. If someone really, if there is a really, to use the term that Henry used acrimonious situation, mm -hmm. you can't say, Hey, I'm sorry. I thought that was mine. And they'll just say, Hey, cool. Let's see what the judge thinks about your apology. Um, but I, I also agree, Wesley, I agree with you 100%. Like, be aware, know what's going on, but also it should not be on, on, on you if something goes wrong. It's entirely on the uh, the, the employer or the organization. Um, and that's the way, I feel like that's utopian, like that's the way it should be. I don't know. And I think that part of it is with DevRel being so still very nascent, Mm -hmm. As far as conceptually where it fits in an organization, we, there are no laws like this. It, it reminds me a little bit of like, you know, when open source first started and there, there were legal cases where people said, well, who owns that code? Well, nobody owns that code. Well, how can that be? <laughs> There's no legal precedent. You know, the early hacking days, you couldn't arrest someone for hacking into something over the internet. There were no laws for that because nothing physical was stolen. Um, and so a whole, a whole branch of law was created by that. Yeah. And maybe that's something that needs to be brought into like the, the employment law sector is like, Hey, people are creating these things that aren't real and don't exist in, in a concrete sense. Who do they belong to? How does it work? How does it go? Um, and I, I was specifically thinking about that with when I present a lot and um, anyone who's seen me present knows this is true. I don't actually necessarily stick to the script. I don't memorize what I'm going to say. Um, I memorize the topic and what I'm going to discuss and what I want to communicate. The concepts are there, how I construct the actual words. I would doubt that I've ever given a talk that was exactly the same twice. Um, and I think that that's, that's part of that creative side. So if I give a talk one way for company A and a completely different way for company B, but on the same topic, well, are, are those, is that defined as two different things? Is that defined as one thing that's owned specifically by company A because I was working for them when I built it? There's a lot of, and obviously we can't get through that in a 35 minute episode it's, of Community Pulse. There's a lot of nuance though that's not clear. It reminds me of the debate between like tapers in the music scene. You know, like the artists go through this whole effort and a lot of money to put out records. Um, and that's how they generate a lot of income and stuff. And then there's tapers out there that go and just record the live show. 
I think some people are in one bucket of that's not fair. That's like our work that you're stealing uh, and, and maybe monetizing. And others are like, well, the live experience is not what you paid for on the recorded studio experience. Like those are two different things. And we actually see the live is just like a, a, another separate own point in time piece of content. Um, and yeah, so that, it's just, yeah, I'm starting to see r some lines being drawn there in my mind about how, again, it kind of goes back to personal preference too. A lot of it is, you know, some bands are cool with you taping and some are like, that's not at all. Okay. Uh -huh. and we're also like, we didn't get into this and this is way out of like the subject matter, but adjacent, like there's, there's a whole side section of like, what rights can you give up even if you wanted to? Um, like there are things that are really illegal, um, that you can, that the employer can do. And I think there's a bill right now in Congress about forced arbitration and, um, and if you're being harassed or sexually assaulted or abused at work, um, are you allowed to like give up your image, for instance, in perpetual license to a company? Uh, can they, even if you want to say you own my image forever, can you actually do that? when it's an employer that's a limited engagement um what safeguards are in place to give you uh to not give up some rights that are not uh give up a bubble uh, for other way of saying it <laughs> and so there there's a there's a line of where it's you it's yours and no matter what legal thing you sign with your employer that is not enforceable because it is something that is not revocable by you well, that, that, it's funny you mentioned that, Wesley, because one of the things that I actually talked to Henry at one point in time, not in the episode, but we, we have a relationship pre prior to that. Um, but one of the things that we actually talked about was um, one of the things that's like really huge in tech, which is the, uh, the NDA papers that they always make you sign. Um, the fact that like, you know, if, if I'm working at a cloud company that does a platform as a service, uh, I can't on the side build something while I'm working for them. However, and it's different laws in different states, and this is why I recommend everybody go and look into what is pertinent in your area. But in, in New York state, which is a right to work state, the moment I stop working for that employer, I can immediately start building the exact same thing. The, the NDA is no longer a valid document. The IP disclosure is no longer a valid document because I am no longer engaged with that employer. Now, that's not true in a lot of other places. Um, but, you know, so... In a lot of ways, like this is why I was curious because one of the things that I, I wondered about with the talks is technically when I leave the employer, if I build the talk, it belongs to me. And also employer and contractor is also a different line, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of, <laughs> I feel like we could probably talk about this forever. Like there's so much nuance. Like I even like, you know, with Jason talking about the, the live performance stuff. Well, you know, if I record a video of me doing a talk versus me actually going out there and performing it live what's the difference i know a lot of people saw that in, when you go to see a comedy show a lot of times you have to check your phone at like a coat check um and that's because that material is like it's one time only and it is it is a specific set moment in time and i feel that way when i do a conference talk that's a specific set moment in time the way the, the crowd reacts the way i get questions the way things work is never going to be the same again so therefore I mean, is it essentially, it's an NFT. Yeah. Uh, Damn, I got it in there. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> it's not freaking time for that, PJ. For no freaking time. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, well, look, done, Wesley. Well, well done. I often, I, I do off, 
often think too when this comes up is how presumptuous am I to think that any of my content is even worth this debate? Like how how is it that I've got something out there that's so valuable to somebody that they actually want to arbitrate over? I, 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 I'll tell you, I don't I, think I have anything actually. You don't, but I'll tell you, got a T-shirt for sure. I bet that you do, um, <laughs> because the the thing we as not huge corporations don't have the same viewpoint on it. A lot of corporate, I'm going to totally vilify corporations right now. Like cool. I'm going to do it. A lot of them believe that anything that they can squeeze a buck out of, they should own. Therefore, I mean like that, the, the book that you did when you were at, um, where did you work before Microsoft? Victor Ops. Victor Ops. When you were at Victor Ops, you wrote a book. Mm -hmm. uh, if Victor Ops was, you know, a large scale mean corporation, they'd probably be like, that's our book. Jason Hand will erase your name off of it and shape, put it, put the, a different name on it. It's our content, sure. and that's that's where I think these legal things come into play. You might not think that that was like a super like yeah maybe it doesn't make tons of money. And that However, definitely there's some way to leverage it in the future or currently. So that all comes into play. Yeah, and there was definitely situations like like that. I did one of the last projects I did for Victrops was an ebook that uh, I put out and kind of put it out in haste, you know, just because of the timing of leaving and everything. And and to me, it was, we put it out as a and a as like a final product. But later, they went back and and revised it, and some other people worked on it, and and so it had multiple authors on it. And um, you know, it, it was definitely my piece. I felt like, but they made some changes to it and continued on with it. And I felt like that was just, that was part of the work I did for them while I was there. Even though there's a lot of things in there, I still talk to about this day because it's about site reliability engineering. You know, those are concepts that apply everywhere. They don't really have much to do with what they're selling per se. So yeah, to me, it kind of comes back on the topic and your own personal preference, but that didn't bother me. I, I didn't view that like, book that I did as something I should hold on to because I want to go do something with it. And maybe there would be a, a situation like that, but that wasn't that situation. I wonder what the legal uh, status is on which animal I can choose to represent me on my O'Reilly book. Is it <laughs> um, a pug? It's going to be a pug? Is that legally binding? I feel okay. like there's, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into that decision. And that's I'm a whole sure. other conversation. So I think this is probably a good place to leave it. Um, exactly why I did that. <laughs> great episode. Great after pulse. Uh, everybody listening, thank you for listening. Please feel free to give us feedback. Info at communitypulse.io uh, or community underscore pulse on Twitter. Uh, we are happy to host you and thanks for listening. This has been another episode of After Pulse with Mary Thankful at Mary underscore Grace on Twitter. Jason Hand at Jason Hand on Twitter, PJ Haggerty, at Asplenic on Twitter, SJ Morris, at Sarah Jane Morris on Twitter, and Wesley Faulkner, at Wesley83 on Twitter. Learn more at communitypulse.io or at community underscore pulse on Twitter. We'll see you next time.